0: Good to see you all. If we haven't met before, my name is Matt, one of the leaders here. And, uh, yeah, really excited this morning. Um, also just quickly want to, want to thank, uh, Celia, Noah, Jan. Thank you for, uh, the words that you brought this morning. Um, we are a church that believes that, uh, God has brought y'all, everybody, y'all, not just you singular, you all, but also as individuals here for a reason. You have a contribution to make. We are in need of the gift that God has put inside of you, um, and I don't know. We're also not super professional. This is not about having fancy lights and making everything chic, sharp to the point. This is about a life, and sometimes organic gets a little bit messy, um, but also believe that God works in that and through that. And there's a reason that he has the gift. So thank you for your courage in stepping up, stepping out, getting the shakes, trying to read the scripture verse, but I'm shaking and it's hard. I know what that feels like. So thank you for your courage in doing that. Um, I feel like God was doing a little something, something there. And there's a theme and that's something I'm going to have to go home and say, okay, God, what are you saying? What were you doing? Um, So so pay attention to those um, contributions. Anyway, I hadn't planned on saying that. Um, So, um, as Glenn said, we're starting off on a series on uh, going through Philippians, the letter to the Philippian church in the New Testament. I believe God's put this on our hearts um, to preach through. I think God's got something that he wants to bring to our attention and some work that he wants to do. And so, to start off, I'd like to share a little bit of a story, which I think is an analogy in a way. Several years ago, Linz and I had the opportunity to buy a car, and so we started doing some research, looking at secondhand deals, and we found this Volkkswagen VW, and we were like, "Wow this this could be the car. This is really great. Is it a good deal?" So you need to start doing all the research you know what's the mileage on it, and is that?" You know, a competitive price. What else could we get it for, et cetera, et cetera? And so that takes a little bit of time, especially because I'm a cautious person. So you know, we're not just going to impulse buy. And so over a couple of days, we're thinking and praying and researching. And I start to notice on the roads. Oh, there's a VW. There's another one. There's another one. Jeeps. There's VWs everywhere. Have you ever noticed something like that? When when something comes to your attention, you see it everywhere. And so. As we journey through the book of Philippians, um, I think we're going to start to see that. So from the get-go, right at the beginning, Paul draws their attention to a partnership in the gospel. And as you start going through Philippians, you'll start to say, oh, it's a partnership, it's a partnership, it's partnership. Who put all this partnership in there? Who put all these VWs on the road? No one put them there. They were there all along. We just didn't see it before. So, I think that God wants to highlight something of partnership in the gospel to us, and as we journey through this letter together, as you read it in the weeks, as you go through it in life groups, as we preach through it for the next nine, ten Sundays, somewhere there, may God start to speak to you and show you all these different aspects of partnership in the gospel. So, I'm going to read from chapter one, verse one to eight. You'll see it says 11 on the screen. We've kind of changed something um, right this morning, so I'm going to be shaving that off, and we're only going to be doing verse 1 to 8. Before we do that, I would love to pray for us. Father, we come to your word. We believe that you exist. We believe that you speak, and so we want to open our hearts to hear you speak. God, may this not just be head knowledge. We're not interested in theory. This cannot be a lecture. God, we want to experience the life you intended us to experience by this word. We want to know who you are and be better able to communicate or commune, interact, fellowship, connect with you. So please help us to do that this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Philippians chapter
1: 1, verse 1 to 8. I'm going to read the whole thing. Uh, keep an eye out for the partnership. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus,
0: to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and the deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your Partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion at the day of or until the day of Christ Jesus. It's right for me to feel this way about you all since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with
1: me. God can testify. How I long for you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Amen. Did you see anything? Any little partnerships popping out? I didn't plan on saying that. Popping out partnerships. Okay, sorry.
0: It's so full. There's so many wonderful things to see in here. But what I, what I really feel God placing on our hearts to, to speak on this morning is partnership in the gospel. Right. I want us to come away today. What does the preacher partnership in the gospel? What does that mean? I think it means this. I think it means that. Right. So let's go through step by step, verse by verse. Let's have a little look here. Verse one, Paul and Timothy. Are writing this letter together. You know when we write letters, no no one writes letters. Anybody still write letters? Right? When I was young, I used to write letters to my grandparents because that's what my parents said I must do. So I used to write them letters. Dear Grandma and Granddad, love from Matt. That's not how we write letters. Two thousand years ago, we start off by saying hi. It's Matt here. Hi, it's Paul. But it's not just Paul by himself. It's Paul and Timothy who are writing this. They're partnering together and they're writing to all God's holy people in Philippi, or some of your translations might say saints. We're not talking about a bunch of old dead people, right? We're not going Catholic church saints. We're talking about believers, saints. You are a saint if you've put your faith in Jesus. And so we're writing to the saints, the believers, and together with the overseers, And the deacons. So he's writing to y'all, everybody here, saints, elders, deacons, together. I like that. Grace and peace to you. Verse 2. Grace and peace to you. From who? God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Who does grace and peace come from? The Father and Jesus. Together. So he's writing in team to a people in team asking for God in team to work. That's great. Verse three, I thank my God every time I remember you. in all of my prayers, for all of you, I always pray with joy, verse five, because of your partnership in the gospel,
1: from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you. We'll carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus.
0: So Paul and Timothy are saying, hey, we've got a partnership with you guys, a partnership in the gospel. We're not talking about business partnership. We're not talking about romance partnership. There's something different about partnership in the gospel. So what is that? That's what I I want us to dig into today. What is that? And not just information, let's get home. No, no. I mean, we should go home with this and say, this is what partnership in the gospel is. God, shape me. Change me. I want to enter in to what you have for us.
1: So, Paul talks about their partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. When was the first day?
0: How? So, it it surely is when they came to faith. When did they come to faith? I've got maps, right? So I showed a very similar map to this two, three weeks ago, right? So the commission that Jesus gave is go to all nations, make disciples of all nations. You all need to get the message out. And so Paul feels a sense of God sending him out. So first journey, remember they, they went through this little island up here. They went into the region of Galatia. They went through three cities in the region Preached the gospel, established churches, doubled back, visited all the churches, and then went home. Paul's first journey finished. Now in Acts chapter sixteen, feel called again to take the gospel out further. Right. So Paul and his uh, companions—that's what Acts sixteen tells us. He's not by himself. He's not flying solo. He's got companions. He's going in partnership and in team with people. And so, they travel... Second one, here we go. Go up out of Jerusalem, back, oh, hey, we're going through Galatia again, let's visit all the churches that we planted. Right, this takes time, hey, we're not we're not hopping on an airplane here. We've got to, like, walk our way, and ride, and get on a ship, and this is tricky. So they, they go through Galatia, they visit all the churches, strengthen, encourage them, and then in a city called Troas, Paul has a vision of a man in Macedonia asking them to come and help. So they take it, okay, God, you're, that's where you want us to go. So they get onto a ship and off their head and they get to the city of Philippi. Thank you, Google Maps, big red little thing over there, right? And so that is in modern day Greece. That's so now they're in Europe. First time the gospel gets taken out to Europe and they get to the city of Philippi. It's a very important Roman city. It's of historical importance, financial importance, um, cultural importance. And and because of the, the big history over here, Rome is the big bad superpower of the day and Caesars in the past. There's been some important things happening there. And so they'd given land to war veterans and so you've got guys who finished their 20 years of service, they've survived, they've fought and bled for Caesar, for emperor, for Rome. Their friends have died for Caesar. And so now this is very clever. Let's let's put all these guys who are so faithful to Caesar into this really important city so that we can keep the interests of Rome going forward. And so we have emperor worship happening in the city. It's very normal to say Caesar is Lord and Savior. In fact, it's not just normal. It's expected. You will honor Caesar as a god. He is your Lord and Savior. You better say it. You better confess it. But we also have all these other Roman gods, all these other Greek gods. We have Egyptian gods being worshipped here. The, and we're far away from Israel now. hey? This, this is not a lot of Judaism here. This is polytheism at its best. And so we'll soon find out that the city is very hostile to the teachings of Jesus and to the ways of Jesus. So Paul and his companions, and now we find out, including Timothy and Silas, they're part of this team, they arrive and they stay in Philippi for several days, we're told. And on the Sabbath, because there's no synagogue, because we're very far away from Jerusalem now and Judaism, and so let's go to the river and find if there are any practicing Jews, no synagogue, but let's see if they're at the river praying on the Sabbath And we're told from Acts 16 that they find a group of women who are there, who are practicing Judaism. And so they meet with them, they share the gospel with them, and some of their hearts are open to receive the gospel and they become followers of Jesus, including a very prominent woman by the name of Lydia. She's uh, a merchant woman. She's make a lot of money. She's got a nice big house. And she says, if you consider me a believer of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, Come to my house. And so Paul and all his companions and the team, they go off to Lydia's house. And there we have the first church in Europe. Very cool. Now, this story in Acts 16 starts to get really weird really quickly. For a couple of days, Paul and his companions are walking around, interacting in the city. And a demon-possessed slave girl follows after them, shouting after them for several days. After a couple of days, Paul is finally so frustrated, he turns around and casts the demon right out of her. Done. Well, the slaves' owners are outraged, drag Paul and Silas to the city officials. A whole crowd gathers and basically turns into a mob. And so they beat them severely and throw them in prison and stick them in the stocks for night. So now it's nighttime. prison's pitch black. Paul and Silas in stocks, bleeding. They're praying, singing hymns, and the whole prison is silent, and they're just listening to this. Then things get very strange. An earthquake happens, the jail doors swing open, and the chains on all the prisoners fall off. What's going on here? The prison warden, he he wakes up, rushes through, sees all the prison doors open, thinks, I'm in deep trouble. The best thing I can do is fall on my own sword. Draws his sword. Paul and Silas say, No, no, do it. We're all here. No one's run away. They bring in the lights. What's going on? The power of God is on display for everyone to see. The jailer, right? I just threw you into my prison, put you in stocks, receives the gospel from them, puts his faith in Jesus, is baptized. His whole household believes in Jesus. They all get baptized. In the morning, the city officials arrive and say, all right, you can get out. Paul says, yay, it's not so easy. I'm a Roman citizen. You weren't allowed to do that. They're horrified. They know they're in deep trouble. And so they, they try and placate him. They beg him, could you please leave our city? Get out of here. So what does he do? Him and his companions go back to Lydia's house, strengthen the believers, and off they go. All right? I don't know. What is this? One week, Two weeks. That's the first day until now that Paul's talking about, right? When did this all start? When did our partnership start? That's how it started. They saw Paul come to the river, share the gospel, Lydia's house, people starting to believe, moving around the city, demon exorcisms, strange stuff going on, angry city, throw them in jail. That's not right how they treated them. People getting saved, baptized, miracles happening, chains falling off. This is crazy. Okay, bye. This is is whirlwind stuff. This is crazy. But as we find out, Paul's writing a letter to them. That didn't just stop there, did it? Paul says, partnership
1: in the gospel from the first day until now. Oh, look. Their partnership has continued. It has continued. Love this. And so they go on to be a city, the first one in Europe, from which the gospel, if we can go back
0: to that map, there we go, can spread further out into Europe.
1: They enter into partnership with Paul in such a way that the gospel can spread even further. And So verse three, I thank my God every time I remember you and all
0: my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel. From that first day, that's what Paul has in mind. Those were the first days, wild times, until now, being confident that he who began a good work in you, you guys who responded to Jesus at the river, you guys who responded to Jesus in Lydia's house, you guys who responded to Jesus in the jail, you who responded to Jesus when we came home to the jailer's house and you heard about it,
1: all of y'all, you responded, and we began a partnership together in the gospel.
0: And I'm confident that God who began that good work will carry it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. That's amazing. So, when did it begin? That's when it began. So, here's, here's my second question, and this is, this is the important one. What is partnership in the gospel? What do we mean by that? Maybe the first thing we can talk about is what do we mean by the term gospel? Hey? Oh, we're a gospel centered church. We sing gospel centered music. You know, we're a gospel-centered household, gospel-centered parenting, gospel-centered marriage. What do you mean? What what does gospel mean? Don't don't answer. Just, Just think
1: for a moment for yourself. How would you summarize the gospel? I'll give you 10 seconds. Have a think. What is the gospel? I think that there's many ways that you can describe it. Good old famous one. What's the gospel?
0: The gospel is that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And whoever believes in him wouldn't perish, but would have eternal resurrection life. Hey, is that not the gospel right there? God loved you so much. Your sin meant he had to die. But now you have a resurrection, eternal life. That's amazing. Or you could say, The gospel is the good news that through Jesus, there's freedom from slavery to sin. You're bound and enslaved to sin. And the good news is that through his death and resurrection, you're free of that. You're no longer slaves, but you're adopted as children into his household. The gospel is the good news that God has not abandoned this world and that Jesus is at work to restore all things to himself. Hey, how many, how many different ways can we slice this? The gospel is good news. Simply put, gospel means good news. If there was a war, they're fighting for this, the city's army is out there fighting, and everyone's in the city going, How'd the battle go? Are we victorious or are we defeated? And someone runs up on top of the hill and says, Victory! That's the gospel. Gospel is The good news. So for Christians, the gospel is the good news of Jesus and the victory that he has bought for
1: you and I. That's the gospel. So what is partnership in the gospel? Ah, Let's take the whole of Philippians to answer that question, shall we? Let's take 10 Sundays together. All these different
0: aspects of what does it mean to partner together in the gospel. But I'm going to try and lay a bit of a foundation. Let's give us a little bit of an introduction. Right? The word partnership is less about having something in common and more about active participation. To partner or to participate are verbs, they're doing words. We've got to do something. It's not just sitting. Hey, look, we're both wearing black shirts today. Nice. No, that's not partnership. That's having something in common. To actively partner and do something together. So let me let me give you a couple of examples of what does Paul mean. Let Let's look at the text. Let's look at what we've read and see does Paul have something in mind for us to understand what he means by partnership. In the gospel. Remember, he did talk about from the first day until now. How did they begin partnering on the very, very first day? When the gospel came to them, what did they do? They believed. They put their trust and faith in Christ Jesus. Wasn't there a day for Paul when he first met Jesus and believed? Yes. What about people in Philippi? Yeah, each person had its own had their own first day. What was your first day? Do you know that you are participating in the gospel with someone next to you? Because you put your faith into action. They put their faith into action. You became followers of Jesus. But more than that, Paul says it continues and it will be made complete one day. Right? Verse 25, chapter 1, verse 25. I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. Not, hey guys, got progress. No, no. I will continue with you for your progress and joy in the faith. That's partnership in the gospel. Hey, if you're in a life group, you're committed to that life group, you know, you're partnering in the gospel for someone else's progress and joy in the faith and them for your progress and joy in the faith. That's great. You're like, oh, but I don't say anything at life. No, no, but you're
1: partnering. You're partnering probably more than you realize. And then Paul says, being confident of this that
0: he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. Partnership in the gospel has in mind the end result.
1: So there's a past, present, and future component to partnering in the gospel.
0: But let's let's get practical. Let's let's talk about some of the things Paul mentions. He talks about a shared Grace. They have a shared grace together. What is grace? Grace is receiving something good that you don't deserve. Paul received grace from the Lord. They received grace from the Lord. You've received grace from the Lord. There is a partnering together in the free gift of life that Jesus offers you. There's partnering in spreading the gospel. I just love that Lydia got it straight up. I believe in Jesus. I believe in the gospel. Oh my gosh, this is such good news. I've got a big place. Why don't you all come to my place? Let's talk more about that together. Let's meet there every day. Anyone who wants to come can come. I've got a house. Come. Love that. There's partnering in the gospel. You no, know, but Matt, I don't have a big house. Oh, no, that that's fine.
1: Gotcha. Go to the big house <laughs> and partner with people there. That's great. They partner in the gospel in suffering. Don't like this one. Philippians 4 verse
0: 14. Paul says, it was kind of you to share in my trouble. What's the trouble? Paul wrote this letter in prison. Philippian prison and prison. He's in prison again. They've seen him in prison before. They know he's in prison again. You know what they've done? They've sent a whole bunch of things for Paul in the prison don't know quite where the prison was. Let's imagine it was Rome. They send it all the way to Rome. Here's some food for you. Here's some clothes for you. It gets really cold. Here's some stuff to keep you dry. Here's some stuff, you know, medicine for you, whatever it is. We're praying for you. There's partnership in the gospel. I know that you're in prison for the gospel. We want to help you. We're going to share in your suffering together. Some of us are good like that, hey? You can enter into someone's suffering with them. What a blessing that is when you're suffering. To have someone not come and tell you what you should do. Enter into my
1: suffering with me. Because you understood that Jesus suffered for you. Sure. You can partner in finances. Now, this is not prosperity gospel here. I'm
0: not out after your money. Just look at what Paul's writing here. Philippians 4 verse 15. You Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, are you picking up a trend here? In the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving, except you only.
1: Wow. When he left Philippi, what did they do? Entered into a partnership in the gospel of giving and receiving. out of their poverty, out of their wealth, in their means, they gave. Why? So that they could be blessed? No. For the gospel. For the gospel. That's a great reason to give. They partnered in the gospel financially. They partnered in prayer. 1 verse
0: 19, we see that, They've been praying for Paul while he's in prison, but he's writing to them. I'm praying for you. I don't know about this partnering in the gospel thing. No,
1: just pray for one another. Partner with one another in prayer. That's partnering in the gospel. I sometimes get a little bit worried that when we think we're going to partner in the gospel, give me that microphone. Could you stack some chairs and partner in the gospel? But, but, people can see you stacking chairs. you know who i th- I genuinely
0: believe this- The real heroes of the faith, people who pray alone, no one sees them, no one knows, and they do it
1: faithfully for decades. They are my heroes, my grandmother, I'm telling you, she prayed for her family, for
0: us. We hardly knew about it, and then she would write me letters she did old. Graggly writing, full of scripture, full of encouragement.
1: Jeepers. What a hero. Hey, pray faithfully, partner, no one knows. Your reward in heaven. It's going to be a winner. Partner in prayer, guys. No one sees you. Praise God. Partner in the gospel in conduct. Oh, that's interesting. 1 verse
0: 27, Paul writes, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then when I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know you stand firm in one
1: spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Two weeks ago, I reminded us from Galatians. We need to keep our conduct
0: in line with the gospel. Here he's saying, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. You all are partnering together in the
1: gospel. We need to talk about conduct and make sure it's worthy of the gospel. Partnering together. They also get to partner as one, partner in unity. Is unity easy? No. No, no, Pete. To be united with Glenn is sometimes difficult. It was too tempting. Sorry, I repent. I repent. Some of you enjoyed that too much. (laughs) Oh, dear. Sorry, Lord.
0: Philippians 2, verse 2 to 4, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit and of one mind. Oh, how do I do that? That's really hard. Okay. Verse 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility. What's the antidote? Antidote for selfishness. Humility. Consider others more valuable than yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Partnership in the gospel looks like putting others' interests above mine. Some of us, maybe you should look to your own interests a little bit because you're killing yourself. (laughs) But for some of us, maybe we
1: could stop looking at ourselves so much and serve and love others. Philippians 4, verse 2, Paul, finishing the letter, says, I entreat
0: Judea, y- and I entreat Sintashay to agree in the Lord. That's strong language. And we've got two prominent women in the church. I entreat you. <laughs> I implore. Could you agree with one another? I love that he didn't give the solution. Okay, Sintashay, your day is right. Could you just hump? No, no, no. I, I I appeal to you, I entreat you, agree with one another, because you're partnering in the gospel together. And finally, what does partnership in the gospel look like? Uh, Final example,
1: I'm going to pull out partnering in affection. So let's pick up at chapter 1, verse 7. Paul
0: has been writing, and he says, I carry you in my heart, verse 7. It's right for me to feel
1: this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. Hey, isn't this great church leadership? Wow. I have you in my heart. And whether I'm in chains in prison or defending and confirming the gospel in whatever city I go to, all of you
0: share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. When we understand something of the gospel, the good news of what Jesus Christ has done for you and for me, when I understand that we're partnering together, there is an affection that should grow in our hearts for one another. Sometimes
1: that's by choice. And the affection follows. If we wait for the affection, it might take a little bit longer than others. We put our actions there and our affections will follow. Paul
0: has them in his heart. He longs for them with the affection of Christ.
1: Liberty, family, church. This is not a show up, shut up, and
0: pay up kind of a church. Have you heard that saying? You show up on a Sunday, you shut up, you sit down, you have no contribution to make, and as long as you pay up, everything will be fine. No, this is not what we're seeing here. This is not show up shut up and pay up. Oh, they they did pay up, but it was for love of the work of Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus, the understanding that Jesus needs to get out there, the understanding that Jesus needs to be at work here and you all are suffering and we need to help one another. So this is much more than showing up and being quiet. Partnership in the gospel. Then in summary was something that did happen, was currently happening and is going to be complete one day at the day of Jesus. Partnership in the gospel includes sharing the gospel, sharing the same grace, shared participation in in suffering, giving and receiving of finances, praying for one another, partnering in conduct, striving for unity, and having deep and genuine affection for one another. Partnership in the gospel does not mean I need to get me a microphone. It does not mean I'm not old enough, I'm not wise enough, I'm not strong enough. I'm not whatever enough, whatever it is that you're waiting for. Partnership in the
1: gospel can start from day one for anybody who's come to faith in Christ. And we need your partnership. Gordon Fee, one of the commentators, sums up what Paul means
0: by participation in the gospel. He writes, Participation in the gospel is every word spoken and every deed done in behalf of the gospel from the moment of their conversion to the present. Can you do something for Jesus? Can you participate with someone somehow because of the good news of what Jesus Christ has done? That's partnering in the gospel right there.
1: I find this incredibly encouraging. Now, it could be a little bit of a, Slap around, come on, start partnering,
0: you know. And and sometimes, yes, a little bit of a fire to be lit under us is good. Honestly, that's not my heart this morning. My heart is,
1: I think this is far more of an encouragement. Partnership in the gospel is possible. It's easy. Most of you are probably already doing it. And Glenn recently reminded
0: the leaders. Uh, we're putting so much guilt on ourselves. For what? Why? Why do you feel like I have to do this and I have to do No, no.
1: Be free. Be free. Be free to participate in the gospel. It doesn't have to look how you think it has to look. Every word said and every deed done because
0: of Jesus Christ and the work he's done for someone. If you're actively doing that with someone, you're participating in the gospel. And so be encouraged, be free,
1: be inspired to participate in the gospel. So that's what I want us to come away with. That's what I feel God's
0: really put on our heart. Partnership in the gospel. It's not necessarily what you think it is. It's inclusive of so many things, but it is active. It is a verb. It does require
1: some doing. If there's something that I've said today that's made you realize that you want to put
0: your faith in the work of Jesus for the very first time, maybe you've grown up as a cultural Christian, but you're thinking about this now saying, I don't know if I have put my faith in Jesus personally, or maybe you know that you haven't, maybe you've been actively running away,
1: but perhaps you've realized now that you want to do that. I want to tell you that there
0: is good news. There is good news. God loved you so much that he sent Jesus to die on a cross for you, to deal with the consequences of your sin and of my sin. Accept Jesus' death on your behalf. Receive
1: his life as your own. Ask for that forgiveness. He's promised it is yours. If you believe in that promise, you pray that prayer simply now. You open your eyes. You're
0: opening your eyes as a brand new human being for the first time. Like a baby opens their eyes for the first time with new life. There's new spiritual life.
1: And you know what? Your partnership in the gospel begins right now. If you prayed that prayer. And so I want to give us all then an opportunity to respond by taking communion together.